Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ace of Geeks podcast, episode 199. Oh, my God. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is to leave us a review somewhere, like iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you found this show. Uh, but also, this podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, where you can get 180,000 audiobooks, and your first one is free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash aceofgeeks. Thanks. We are wizards. We are crewmen. We are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good. We are DMs. We are players. We are hardened undead slayers. Elven archers roam the enchanted wood. We all pretend to be something, so why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on. Keep it up and we can rule the world. Whatever you love is not wrong. There's power in your phantom. Keep strong, nerd on. That is the yeah, worst that's, design. That's called that's a, a jar. Oh, yes, jar. like a Klein jar. Yes, you're right. How do you put anything in it if it has no openings? You, you have to reach through a dimension that the Klein jar exists in that you don't. Oh, so I was telling Millie the other day. You spilled uh, There the is a, uh, a supervillain in um, the Red Panda that you would really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Her name is Schrodinger's Cat, and <laughs> she is a quantum event. And Ooh. so when you throw oh, her in prison. like, you know, from Bioshock Infinite? Uh, kind of. Uh, so when you throw her in prison. She automatically escapes because there's a chance she might, but she is also in prison. So she's literally like the guy from um, the the short story. Uh, what, what was it? That uh, darkness video game where you play an author who's investigating a spooky. Oh, um, Alan Wake. Yeah, Alan Wake. There was this false show in which you're like, I've created a device where if I turn it on, I'll always survive because in, I will only exist. In the uh, in the realities in which I happen to exist, and then he gets shot, and it's unplugged. I yeah. will always remember Alan Wake for that infamous moment where Jared. Infamous. Infamous. Okay. I was wondering what. It was infinitely infamous. Readers, you can't see the very deserved glare I'm getting. Oh, I've been sprayed <laughs> with water as if I were a cat. Um, but we're playing this game, and it's very creepy, and it's awesome, and then Jared goes. And that's where the chainsaw comes in. We're like, dude, why would you say something like that? And it was the perfect moment for a chainsaw. Well, (laughs) then we pick up the page of the novel. It goes, and then I heard the whir of the chainsaw. We were like, (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. And Sometimes. that's when Jairus got up and quietly left the apartment in which they lived, <laughs> to never to return. For, this was too quirky no, no. of a moment. I did a victory lap around the block <laughs> that included the uh, the um, the Greek church that used to exist on the end of our block. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I think the only victory lap that has ever occurred in our apartment was that one time that Silk bounced off my balls, <laughs> Mailing's chest, and your face. Yes, that's, and I'm so it goes like this. It starts happening. I see this. I'm like, there's nothing I could do to help. From a Zen moment, there's no harm if you just laugh. Ah, <laughs> uh, this is karma. Can't <laughs> be in the face. <laughs> and he wasn't a kid at no, that point. He was no, an, he was he was a adult. young adult. Yeah. yeah. Oh. He wasn't quite as heavy. Oh my god, if he did that now, oh, like, we'd all die. Jesus, yeah, we he got like super now. Like, oh god. No okay, so I woke us. up this morning, and my cat comes into the room like, "Oh, you're awake." Well, 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 well. Sits down on my chest. Don't move. <laughs> <laughs> Meiling woke up from a nap once and started to sit up and so gently put a paw on her chest and was like, no. no. It was glorious and I listened. <laughs> I was like, you know what? You are right. Yeah. And then they start purring. They're like, oh yeah, I've just been waiting for this moment for you to be awake but not able to move. <laughs> this is just too perfect. No, no. Don't pet me. I like you finally admitted that Ian has decided he's your cat. I, it's obvious. <laughs> it's kind of, like, I picked him up the other day. I uh, bopped foreheads with him like cats do when they love each other, and he licked my face. Yeah. Oh. It's like my a puppy. fucking loves you, and he, he does. Hates your yeah, well, you just he needed did. me to soften him up. <laughs> you just, hey, I, I loosened that. I was that the right. I was you. the right laugh at the right time. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it was supposed to be me. Oh. Yeah, but it is you now. That cat loves you more than he loves me, and I got him first. I don't know if that's true. You should. He'll walk up her and then. Start Which of purring. you feeds him more often? I do. Melissa. Then he loves Melissa more. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. We are speaking of cats here, but also, I also speaking feed of out things. The litter box. That's true. So yes, he, he definitely. Oh, loves more. I was uh, taking. So the litter box. If you, uh, if the litter stuff comes in a bag when it's done, it kind of. It's kind of um, oh, yeah, hard right. to lift because it's heavy. And so I, Melissa cleans it out, but I'm the one who takes it to the trash, like teamwork. And uh, just before you came, because I didn't want you guys to see it, even though I'm mentioning it here on the podcast, I pick it up, and it's quite heavy. I turn to Melissa, and I'm like, hey, Melissa, I'm dealing with some heavy shit. Aww. <laughs> Aww. Oh, I had, I had a great good. joke that on Mass good. Effect the other day, and I was mad because nobody in the audience got it. So I do this thing where I, I ask if anybody's been outside of the solar system before, and there's always somebody who raises their hand. I think I've talked about it on the podcast yeah. before. Usually they'll Not say that part. Usually they'll say Mars, and then I get to make fun of them because Mars is inside the solar system. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sometimes people. they'll say Jupiter. Same, a few times same. they say Uranus, and I make a joke about a gas planet, and then make fun of them because it's inside their yeah. solar system. Uh, this guy, uh, people sometimes, and a lot of times I'll get like you know Gallifrey, Tachanka, like sure, you know places that sure. you would expect a nerd to know about. Um, this guy said Compton, and I was like, oh, there's a planet called Compton? Sounded like you wanted to get straight out of there. (laughs) (laughs) And silence. (laughs) An audience of like 60 people just blinking at me, and I was like, okay, let's start the ship. Let's start the ship. I, I bet a lot of ships get started with that little uh, that little speech. Let's start the ship. We're starting ship. No one's paying attention ships. to me. Actually, yeah. have I mentioned the argument that my coworker and I have been having on the podcast before? Is it whether when you turn the key to the ship, it turns to the right or the left? It, it's kind of like that, actually. Okay. <laughs> uh, he came backstage the other day and was like, are you intentionally crashing the ship? Uh, because at the end, <laughs> of the very end of the ride, we yell, what? fire thrusters now. And so we have these 
handles that yeah. we used to fly the ship, uh -huh. I push them forward to fire thrusters. <laughs> he thinks of them as altitude handles, so he pulls them back to escape crashing. And so <laughs> we had this, like, 30-minute discussion about how you fly this fictional spaceship well, that is made up of buttons that don't work and handles that don't do anything. Now, he's... In, I've never seen this ship, and I don't know what I'm talking about, but like any nerd, I'm prepared to tell you a bunch about something I don't know anything okay. about. And um, uh, you're both right and you're both wrong, because obviously if you're saying it's time to hit thrusters and you're pushing on something, you are literally turning up the power to the thruster right? part of the exactly. engines. And so it doesn't matter what direction you're turning them exactly. on, because you're just opening up a valve. Right, exactly. However, traditionally, um, thrusters, I think... Mailing just caught or a rare Pokemon, possibly. No, 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 no. Um, I'm watching... Is it in our video. house? <laughs> no, I'm watching this video of uh, this awesome elect circuit ink that you had posted. Yes, isn't that amazing? And, like, it prints it, it through the pen. It has an eraser, and it's a 3D pen, essentially. It's a pen, so its ink is conductive. And so, if you put on a piece of paper the parts of a circuit, you can connect them oh. with the pen. Oh, I've heard of this, yeah. It is so cool. And now we can hear the music from the yeah. video. And you can so erase it to feel correct like they're watching no, but like, it, it, like, 3D prints it like and that. The and the great thing about that is, inside a classroom, you can check your work immediately by right. attaching your work to a battery. <laughs> it's just not a visual medium. Some people just want to see the world learn, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but we can't see it. It's a podcast. Sorry, Matt. You can't normally no, see learning unless you're looking them in the eye. Sometimes you can see learning when you're not looking them in the eye. Like, for example, if they're writing something. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, you're okay. not like on their That's desk true. with your face looking them in the eye. Are you learning? Are you learning? <laughs> are Hold you, on, I got to go to the next screen. Are we screen. learning? Are you yeah. When I'm writing, it's just like I'm. I'm I just hate to be looked at in general. Yeah, me too. Yeah. You have a job. I know. Where you're No, I like to be but that's appreciated. Different. Oh. That's different. Okay. Like, I'm talking about like, you know, when somebody uh, like when somebody starts one of those awkward small talk conversations mm. with you and they're like, mm. How are you? And you're like, Great and then they just stare at you and you're like, Was I supposed to say something else? You know what I my tactic is. Admit in those I'm situations. a writer because I get all of the writer questions. Oh, I have this great idea. I don't no, you have don't. your idea. I have my own. What do you idea. do about writer's block? Fuck off. <laughs> Um, oh shoot, now I forgot. Oh, you know what I do when people uh, do small talk with me? No. I am bitingly honest, especially if I'm sad. I'll just tell them right there <laughs> what's going on, and they'll learn. <laughs> that explains so much. Jared sat down in the movie theater tonight, and I was like, hey, how you doing? And he was like, I'm getting surgery tomorrow. And I was like, okay. That, because I don't believe in small talk, and I want to be honest. Yeah, I'm getting um, all of my wisdom teeth removed, except for the one that I got removed. Dental coverage covers it entirely. No copay. Oh, that's great. And that's I'll have that for another two excellent. months. Because, yeah. I mean, otherwise I was just going to offer to reach into your mouth and pull it out myself. I've tried, buddy. You can't. Like, <laughs> what if we tied a loop around so it much. and then I rode away I the bicycle holding the string? with a mouse, right? Oh, yeah, 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 I've done that. No, no. Yeah. Or, or I, I tie a string around it and we throw this, this tie a string to a bowling ball and mm -hmm. throw it into a chasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would work, except there's nothing in a bowling ball to affix a rope to. You can tie it through the holes. the holes. The holes don't connect on the inside. No, no you, you tie loop, around the holes. You loop in one hole and out the other. The and holes, then you the holes don't, don't have to connect. They're yes. just three board holes. No, they're not. I've hooked my finger into them. Yeah, I've yes, too. but your fingers aren't supposed to touch. I've hooked my fingers into those things. Yeah, you can totally do that. They aren't straight. They're kind yeah. of curved. Yeah, so I feel like but, but you're not touching your... 
If you were to have an open space, where all right, where is there a twenty-four hour bowling alley? People get so hurt. Yeah, actually, I'm really now. I'm curious. Let's continue to argue about something we have no actual evidence present okay. for. Okay, <laughs> look it up. I mean, there must be like a website for this. How are bowling, bowling bar? Bowling bar. How are bowling bar made? Is <laughs> that website how like how stuff how works? How stu- there yeah. is, yes. There is. We could spend time on this podcast with people listening to me. Or no. we could come balls. up with guesses. No. I believe bowling balls are formed inside the egg sacs of well, creatures made of stone. Actually, bowling balls are those containers you were talking about earlier with no in- entrances except with three entrances. No. I didn't that? say it was an effective Klein jar. I love that you know said, what he's talking about. You I just said it was an example lost. of a poorly lost. made Klein jar. A poorly made no, Klein been, jar is every jar. As a Klein jar, if it had three well, openings. What if you made it a Klein? What if you made a Klein jar and then tripped and climb, fell with just your climb, three fingers? Climb, then, okay, no, you can't have your fingers <laughs> in a Klein jar. Unless you're a multi-dimensional being. Let's just say climb jar over and over until we start to it starts to sound weird. And technically a climb jar is just 3D. It's just twisted. It's a 3D Mobius strip. Yeah. I so that's say, that. I think most balls are 3D. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the idea is like a Mobius strip, even though it's a 3D construction, it's actually two-dimensional because right. of the topographical things. So like a climb jar is like a 3D version of a Mobius strip, mm-hmm. but like the way it's constructed is that topographically it it doesn't have any entrances or exits, so it's technically like kind a of like your mother Trebek. Yeah, exactly. So follow, so you see, go, follow me here. Go so you take a Mobius. No, no, no. I, no, I want to see if I get it. I want to see if I get it. So you take a Mobius strip. Oh, you take a Mobius Pokemon. strip and you put it into oh, a Pokemon. 3D. Like ball shape. Mobius and that's a jar, right? Be a good name for a Pokemon. Right? Kind of, yeah, so. And then if you take three fingers and put it in, then it's. No, ball. there are no entrances <laughs> in a climb jar. It does sound kind of like you could hold the climb jar. Yes, yeah, you, you can, can hold a climb jar. And people have actually made climb jars, just like you can make Mobius strips. Even it's though they're two dimensional, but you're making a 3D one. No, climb jars are three dimensional. No, but Mobius strips are two dimensional. Yes. Yeah, well, sometimes you can. No, make they it. are two dimensional. <laughs> they are two dimensional. You're right. It. Topographically, they are two dimensional. One of you teaches English and should shut up. <laughs> I'm talking grammatically, actually. Which is, <laughs> because grammatically. That doesn't make any sense. Continue to shut up. <laughs> because it's a yeah, podcast, kind of comma, no. <laughs> um, well, you know okay. what? People just listen to 30 minutes of silence. We could call it the 30, experimental podcast, 30 Minutes of Silence. They'd be like, oh, they're not going to actually do 30 Minutes of Silence. Wow, they really did. I can't believe I wasted 30 minutes listening to that. We're actually going to say really important things and then erase a bunch of it so that when we're investigated by the House Claims Committee later, then... <laughs> Why is that it's a, re- it's a redacted House podcast. Claims. What yeah. is the House Claims Committee Not the claims... Ca- not, uh, money. Um, not the Claims Committee. Treasury? House... house uh, the the one that that no. I'm pretty sure I paid my taxes to the U.S. Treasury. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Well, yeah. except for my uncle, he pays his taxes to my aunt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'm well. my own grandpa. <laughs> so, um, Mike and I played a game this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no. Go, go ahead. I was just of that 
that movie that we oh, saw. Oh, yeah. What, the hell what was, was the movie? Called? The movie you should never Please ever see? Don't. Oh. Uh, all it you was, zombies. Uh, um, no, uh, that's no, the story like it's based pre- off. Of. It wasn't. Was it predestination? Uh, predestination? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is yeah. predestination. What is about? Predestination is based off of the Richard K. Dick short story "All You Zombies," by which someone completes yeah, a three-step um, uh, time paradox by being his own father, mother, and killer. How? Because he's intersex. And Philip K. Dick doesn't so, know what spoilers for inter- predestination, <laughs> by the way. Or the short story, All You Zombies. Well, exactly. <laughs> it's not so... Isn't it more hermaphroditic? Because it's, they he have... He literally treated the character yeah. as a hermaphrodite. When that You can't... So no intersex people can have babies with themselves. And if you are an intersex person who can't have babies with themselves, please email us at A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D. Well, no, no, no. The way it happened in the movie is they were out of their own timeline. So right, they right. had sex with themselves. Ignoring so, like, that part. Timeline, Intersex people don't have two no. functioning no. sets of genitals. No. No. Because no, 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 no. people the, 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 generally only have one set of gonads. The reason that I knew that um, you would hate that movie is because halfway through the movie... Um, she gets into a terrible, terrible accident and oh, wakes up yeah. and the doctor's like, well, you had two functioning sets, so we took out the vagina. You're a dude now. I've signed all this legal paperwork. Yeah. yeah. And we yeah. didn't ask your permission well, for this, anything. And I literally was like, you son of a bitch at the screen. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, the, like, the short story was just like that, yeah. too. Yeah. You were saying? I'm sorry. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So but, speaking yeah. of movies, we just oh, saw The yes. Ghostbusters. Yeah, we did. Um, it was quite enjoyable. I, I really it. loved it. I, I thought it was, it was very funny. It's a very different movie. It just wasn't. Movie. It wasn't. Um, it, it was a really. In, so I, just before we get this underway, we know that there is currently a culture war going on about this movie, and we right. have all tried to oh, approach not it. A, we're not the only people aware of that. That yeah. movie was hella aware of that. Yeah. Um, we we try we're we're trying to approach the movie without any of the context. Yes, you did. You're from California. Get over it. I'm from uh, Southern California. We don't stay down there, really. dude. You don't wear makeup. That <laughs> <laughs> you know of. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um. I thought it was. I went in with almost no expectations. The trailers for the movie were terrible. Just yeah. Awful. Let's no talk good about bad. that. Those trailers were made by people who did not understand what made that movie funny. Yes. And they were not only terrible trailers, but they were made. It's like they're trying to copy all of the worst trailers from 2000 to 2010. Yeah. Well, because they were like, oh, Ghostbusters is a dude thing, but these ladies aren't exactly our little sex kittens that we're used to with main female characters. And Chris Hemsworth is essentially. A candy, uh, oh, yeah. candy, candy, which was yeah. awesome. Yes, <laughs> which was awesome, by the way. Oh, that was funny. But like the people who are normally cutting to get cutting trailers together are probably like, "What the fuck do we do with this? There are no boobs. Yeah, there's no kissing. So there's there's no relationship." And I'm like, because you can have a movie where someone has a relationship with their machines. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She was fucking yeah. Oh my god. Holman was incredible. She was the heart and soul of this movie. Yeah. And I have a theory about that. Um, I think there was a lot of fans who love Ghostbusters working hard in this film because 
she is everything that fans and kids in the 80s saw themselves in uh, Egon. Yes. And absolutely. I, re- she was, I she really was, saw that. She, she was the analog for Egon, but she was very different. Egon was mm-hmm. the sexy nerd in his own, like, a very quiet, cool way, because Harold Ramis was really good at that. Yeah. yeah. She was the sexy nerd in a completely crazy, Much more like, enthusiastic. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. So good. One of the things... So... My theory is that comedy kind of exists in like an evolution track and things that are funny because our sense of humor changes in the 80s aren't going the same things that are going to be funny now. And it's really funny to have any action comedy in the 80s because they didn't really do that very yeah. much. And that Ghostbusters was like incredible. Ghostbusters and Beverly Hills Cop. And yeah, everybody. exactly. They started that genre back then. And so it made sense to have uh, Bill Murray as the one person who doesn't take anything seriously. He ties that movie together. But we are not as... Um, I was actually reading something about this recently. We're not as shocked by things without meaning. We actually are... It's like the brony thing. We love things intensely. And nowadays we find things funny when we're too... Infi- enthusiastic about it we delight in each other so she kind of is the bill murray character in that she kind of ties the movie together but around a very different um sense of humor and i think that sense of humor has everything to do with like pure enthusiastic nerd love (laughs) Mm -hmm. indeed yeah and when she winks at the camera i i think i may have spilled my drink (laughs) (laughs) and got the vapors the vapors yeah um i think it so I, I because like like I said, the trailers were terrible. I terrible did not expect jokes. the movie to be funny because all the jokes that were in the trailers were not awful. Funny. They were um, pretty, and they, they were the make, worst jokes in the movie. They make basically. what's her name look like a racist caricature, and yeah. she's not like that she's at all like in the that. movie. And so when I the fact that the movie actually started making me laugh at the very beginning, and pretty much all the way up until the like big fight at the end, which is kind of where the movie falls apart a little bit. Um, yeah, they uh, um, like. I was laughing and smiling and really got a, got into all the characters and I I'm really really glad they switched because um, originally uh, the part that um, Leslie I can't remember her last name the the African American lady mm-hmm. uh, played was written for Melissa McCarthy and they switched <laughs> oh, her into the that um, would not have worked <laughs> yeah they, I'm really glad they switched it because otherwise it would have been another typical Melissa McCarthy movie yeah. and instead they gave her a character she's never really played before and she did a really good job yeah on it. she did so much yeah. so when she was acting like a ghost took her over the um, the acting was complete like she was a completely different character yeah and some comedians can't really do that very well yeah she did a really good job I think just the the thing that I think were the the weakest part of the movie is that I do kind of feel like some of the like callbacks kind of slowed the movie down. It would like yeah. slam yeah. it to a halt to be like, "Look, we put them in it. Please don't hate us." And then move yeah. away. Yeah. And then, so like, they could have made that faster, cooler, yeah. funnier. And like the um the big uh not the the final like battle because that was pretty cool and but also kind of short, but the. The big oh, fight in Times Square against all the ghosts was just like we're having a big fight to have a fight. Like we literally yeah, walked it, into an arena, fought a bunch of, of ghosts, and left then like the self-referential comedy part of the action movie, and just yeah. went into an action movie. Yeah, and it didn't really work for them. Um, um, one of the things that was really good about the original Ghostbusters is that they never stop making wisecracks. Yes, and they were really good about this in this film, except for in that scene. I yeah. think. It's like, well, we got to show off all these toys, and like these toys are ridiculous. You can make fun of these toys. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have like, to be reverential you, about your super. You punch. have a ghost 
weed whacker. Yeah. Make fun of that. Yeah, That's exactly. amazing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great film, not in like um, a District Nine kind of way, but that was very enjoyable, yeah. funny. Like effective. most of us saying it wasn't as good as Guardians of the Galaxy, but that's no. like you know it's not as good as a masterpiece of modern cinema. No, but it was a good movie. <laughs> oh man, Guardians yeah. really blew us away. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, Guardians is a classic. Like, it's, like it's, Super Eight is kind of an instant classic. Between whether Guardians of the Galaxy or Ant Man is my favorite Marvel movie. Guardians oh, of the Galaxy, especially on those two. Ant-Man. I'm so torn because Guardians well, of the just Galaxy for was my comedy. first introduction to Marvel so it like broke my Marvel cherry. Yep. And it was hilarious and wonderful. But Ant-Man had such heart. Yeah. <laughs> On that, we've recently realized that not everyone here has seen every Ghostbusters movie. That's true. Yeah. Meiling has never seen Ghostbusters 2. And Ghostbusters 2. And I know that, that people disagree. That's how the internet going, don't do it, man. No. I love Ghostbusters I love Ghostbusters 2. It's an awesome movie. I guess that's the reason we're getting married. And that sound you hear is everyone going, <laughs> I no longer respect Jess. <laughs> If I went, if I wanted respect, I wouldn't be putting myself <laughs> forward on the internet. That's true. That's fair enough. But you do want admiration. Otherwise, what? you wouldn't be putting yourself over the internet. I'm not sure if I want to be admired as much as I want to be understood, which can be really difficult for <laughs> I'm me. I'm not sure as much I want to be... Why do you think I wrote an 830-page novel? <laughs> I'm not sure as so much that I want to be admired as much as I want to rule over everything. I want Crush. to see, Send me I your want money. to tell the world what the world looks like to me, and apparently the only way I can do that is in an epic series. There you go. That makes sense. Yep. Way better than a one-woman show through interpretive dance. <laughs> Oh, so I just finished a book. Um, I picked one of those random, I picked it up at the airport books. Um, it's called The Summoner, and it's the first books of the Chronicles of the Necromancer, and I actually really dug it. Uh, From, like, a specific property? Or uh, no, a it's a uh, it's a, a created universe. Um, it's a, From um, the bad guy's perspective? No. Really? Not in the slightest. Um, the main huh. character is a, uh, a summoner, um, which is a spirit mage, um, and so he mm -hmm. works... Um, to like bring spirits to their rest and things like that, oh, but it's awesome. not a, it, like there's like very specific block. rules. That's like cool. you can never put a spirit back in its body that doesn't want to go back. Mm -hmm. You can never re return life to something that is dead. Like all Ooh, that stuff. That sounds a lot like the Aberts. Yeah, Abersense, Aberhens. It's a very typical. Um, awesome. I the book. I'd really like to. Is it? What was it again? The Summoner. It's called. The Summoner. Okay. Yeah, it's a debut novel by this fantasy author named Gail something. Um, do you have your purse on you? Because the book is in your purse. Okay. No. No, so we're not going to get that information <laughs> That's right okay. now. Um, oh, it's okay. I'll remember the summer. Yeah. That's pretty easy. Um, but remember. it was really good. It was, um... Maybe. Uh, I listened to the podcast. It was a, a light-hearted fantasy journey, which I haven't read in a while. Every mm -hmm. fantasy book that I pick up seems to want to be, like... Saying something and being like dark or, or like or magicians where it's yeah. so full of uh, ennui, you want so to full of itself. Yeah. Oh, can like, we just spend a few minutes complaining about that book? Which book? The did, Magicians. Did you read it? I had to put it down eventually. It was so full of I'm white and I'm rich and what is I'm even so important in life? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, can I really be happy with all this money and wine? <laughs> yeah. I am so like, and it was a really good book uh, for chronicling that experience. And in that, I would I wish they would have removed all of the main character and just shown me the world because the magic was you. interesting. Because the main character is a raging douche nozzle. Yes. Exactly. Like, oh my god. It was awful. The main character that's a raging douche novel. Well, and the thing is, like, okay, I should have. I really should just stop listening to the book, but it's Please. one of those it where. It gets much worse. Where I'm like, I paid for it. 
I'm like six hours from the end because I'm listening That's to it. Six right? hours of your time. Though. That's what I, I know, did too. I, I also but it's to good it. like when I'm doing dishes or doing something yeah. where I'm not really paying. And because I zone out every now and then, something will happen in the book where I'm like, wait, what? And I'll like backtrack and be like, oh yeah, no, that just came out of left field. Yeah. Okay, uh, that, that guy made gay sex boring. He made sex boring. Yes, he can't that's be as bad at sex scenes as Stephen King. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> but he has a sex scene in there yep. where his wife gives him a hand job with a scrubby hand thing. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, oh. No, I'm like, Stephen, did you try this? And if you did try this, you shouldn't tell the world. But speaking yeah. of uh, <laughs> Don't things Mei Ling is currently do doing that. with her time, do you want to tell them about your uh, current obsession? Do you want to tell the world about your oh, current no, obsession? Oh, no, no, I thought we were going to work on it. No, 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 no. Oh, no. oh, oh, my other current obsession. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. So, Okay, so there was a night where I had, like, extreme insomnia. Like, I literally could not sleep. So I was like... The summer, oh. man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, and so I started watching this show called Awkward. And it okay. is actually really interesting. So just... It's just what's, yes. It's yes. About oh, it's about teenagers. It is about... It's on an MTV show. So it is about so a nerd who is beautiful. the most attractive woman I've ever seen in my life. Show me a picture of this. I want to know <laughs> this nerd. It's not true. She's not the most attractive. Like, no, but, but, but she's pretty damn attractive. And, like, basically what makes her awkward is the fact that, like... She wears hoodies and stuff. And, like, a lot oh, of... Oh, like the nerd a, from Mr. Robot. Pretty much. A lot of stuff happens to her. And, like, they're really interesting because it's it's a comedy show. And it's on MTV. So they're like, okay, we need to... Right? Yeah. This model? Holy yes. Yeah. This yeah. model. <laughs> Everyone Please on the show continue. is really super yeah. attractive, yeah. except for the one guy who looks like Justin Bieber, and I want to slap him in his face. Yeah, well, he was Justin a pretentious... Bieber has strange lips. <laughs> he was a pretentious douche nozzle, so it's okay. But what they're they're like, okay, it's an MTV show, so it's written for like preteens and stuff like that, and it's all like, ooh, high schoolers. It's all Sorry. about like sex and booze, but like she's really awkward, and so she's just trying to discover herself. And I was like, oh, I'm not yeah, sure if I'd college. like this, but they also put in these really poignant things about growing up and especially mm -hmm. about being a girl mm -hmm. growing up in high school. Like in a school where everyone is ridiculously attractive. Yes. So, you know, the so, MTV universe. You know, yeah. LA schools. Oh yeah. Actually, I think it is a Southern California school. Yeah. But it it's always like, is. LA has like, it's like, like that one fucking Weird school from place. that movie what was it Easy A where it just it was all wide open campus and everybody yeah. was stupidly and it's attractive. all outside and the lockers are right next to the library it's so easy <sighs> I got yeah. bullied um, a lot there but, <laughs> so there's this one character <laughs> who is seriously queen bitch she is like absolute queen bitch she kind of does this thing where she has a policy of brutal honesty and then she goes you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> and, like, walk away. And that's exactly how she says it, too. Um, and so there's this... She's a little overweight Sorry, I'm thinking about compared to everyone now. around her. I love Scream Queens. I had to stop watching it because it was too no! much. It's no, so thick. No, you have thick. to finish it. You have you know to finish it. I know it's good, but it lays so it good. on so thick. But, um, so... She she's logging her uh, her food and stuff because her mom's like really into her being anorexic basically. Yeah. 
and she Southern has California. she has this breakdown with her mom where she's and just, just so like, we're clear this is the actress playing the overweight girl yeah I put that in air quotes everybody yeah well she has an interesting face <laughs> well she kind of spends the entire show like uh, like this. In what way is someone that bony overweight? Right. Right. <laughs> she is so again, big boned to go the fat. It is MTV, right. and you're surrounded by literal size zeros. Anyways, but she, what really hooked size me in the show was <laughs> her mom was getting on her about like her sneaking a cookie and stuff like that. And she just has this like breakdown where she's just like, you're causing me to hate myself. Oh, You're doing all awesome. this. And, like, she confronts her mom. And her mom's like, good talk. Keep logging your food. And, like, just leaves. Oh, and I'm just like, no. oh, this is horrible. You know? Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm totally invested in these characters. But, like, it's the like main character. some char- real shit driven by executive yes, writing. Yes. And, like, what's nice is the main character's parents were teen parents. So mm. they had her when they were 16 17 and but they're still together and they're still in love and they still they're doing the best they can yeah. and like kind of the, storybook the the dad is very much a dad but the mom is a hot mess she's just an absolute hot mess but it's nice that they aren't doing the trope of oh they they got married because you know he well, impregnated really her and like yeah. you know they're just like ah. They really do love each other. And, like, it's just, it's a really interesting show that deals with issues. Like, every now and then there's, like, an issue that comes up and you're like, whoa, that was deep and good. And then every now and then you're just like, oh, my God. It's been really funny because Mei-Ling will be, if she wakes up early in the morning, she'll be watching the show. And Roku has this thing where... um, you can plug the your headphones into the remote, and you can watch the TV Ooh, with headphones. That's so that cool. If, um, awesome. Yeah. So if your partner's asleep in bed, you're not waking them up by watching yeah. TV. And so, so every now and then, at night it was. Yeah. Every night, every now and then, I'll wake up and I'll see scenes from Awkward with no sound. So with no sound, <laughs> Hello, Awkward. Awkward? <laughs> Awkward is a television show about incredibly attractive people making pouty faces at each other for half an hour. <laughs> oh, that sounds a lot like Teen Wolf. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot less skin than Teen Wolf. <laughs> a lot less skin. Oh, there was oh, a there was a, a sex scene. I was watching the show the other day, and the girl was wearing a bra, and I was like, "This seems wrong." Yeah. <laughs> well, you've been married for a while, and I mean, there is this mythical place in the teenage male mind where there is sex, and you'll see things like women's bras, and you don't understand how these things connect, and so because you, you think, can't get it off. Right, yeah. Well, seriously, you I, still I can't. Your bras are difficult. <laughs> but um, super embarrassed. This now. last season, oh, come on. there's no reason to be embarrassed. You can do whatever. It's care. only the entire internet. <laughs> oh, are you really embarrassed by that? Well, I used to be good at it, and then I started... Are we actually having this conversation on the podcast? <laughs> yes, we are. When did I lose control? <laughs> you never had it, I my used love. to be good at it, and then... Um... Then you came with my bras. 
I swear to God, they're like traps. <laughs> sometimes my actually, own hand gets caught in there and I can't get it out. Actually, it made me think better. It could be my bras because these things are like the boulder holders and they are like secure Jaris. and have locks on them. Jaris, you have entered a dark room. You are being ensnared by a bra. Roll dexterity. I would I'm like, sorry, you I'd rolled like a to one. fire magic opposable thumbs. Oh. I realized the other day, by the way, um, the duel I lost to a dark wizard in Magiscola, mm -hmm. I lost because he cast impenetrable darkness on me and I couldn't think of anything. You should have hit magic missile I should have cast magic missile darkness. in the darkness. I know. Uh, oh, well. Um, I'm sorry. So, empty. No, it's fine. I'm not lazy. Um, Terrace has no shame left. <laughs> very little shame left. Um, MDB's kind of been back and forth recently. They had this show about these two girls who were pretending to be lesbians so they can stay out of college. What? Eh. One of the girls Wait, actually comes out. Wait, why Oh, so they can live at a sorority house. That's only for lesbians, I think. Okay. Something like that. And they can't stay in the college without housing. or something. I don't know. I that's, haven't that's seen much stretch, of it. That's a stretch, but we'll go with it. Right. No, it is a stretch. Then one of the girls, in hanging out with these lesbians, realize she's bi and comes out. Another one comes forward at the end of a show to discover they're intersex. And there was this entire thing. We're like, how are they going to do this? Well, they invited an intersect activist to come on the show as an intersex person and just describe it to them yeah. in character. That's awesome. That was awesome. That's and awesome. it's I like, I don't like, expect that from MTV. I feel MTV. like there's one or two writers at MTV who's like, <laughs> this like is my... Yeah. yeah, it's like, this is my chance to actually say something and yeah. save a life. And then there's, like, all the other writers who are like, dude, let's totally have them get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What I, if I they took off their shirts, but the guy didn't take off their shirts? I think it's actually, it's smart, though, because um, yeah. the, the uh, current younger generation is pretty, like, you know, if you're trying to make shows that appeal to a wide range of people, you're kind of appealing to the Tumblr set more than you're appealing to, oh, like... that's true. And so, like, I think that's really smart that they've put themselves in that position where, A, they can pat themselves on the back for being really good, and B, yeah. builds up an audience for it. And it was refreshing, because um, I'm in their senior year now. I've literally watched four seasons of the oh. show in, like, two days. Um, what? How did you get I, I've, I've been having a lot of sleep issues. Mailing, so. do we need to talk about the su what summer vacation does to teachers? <laughs> no, it's more just like there's other stuff. Um, but uh, um, what I liked is they had the, the college trope of like the sorority parties and everyone mm -hmm. getting faded. And I was like, what? But then they had the other end, which was the Berkeley college experience, <laughs> where you go to like, a coffee house and you discuss poetry and oh that's and more like my college experience back, you know <laughs> and so like it was just it was kind of nice that they were doing that side of it too yeah. and it wasn't just let's get drunk and party hard there is a counterculture and a counterculture that is no less ridiculous and now that we're grown we up we to, can admit that we went oh to a God. I was never part of that counterculture but we went to a party the weekend of my wedding um, one of my very good friends invited me up to a party in Berkeley that some of her friends who went to Berkeley were having. And it was literally like, we're wall sitting in an apartment, like, 
sipping, yeah, like quaaludes or wine or some shit. Like, oh, jeez, my. Talking about, like, fucking. Um, no, quaaludes are not a drink, are they? No. That's, no, a, that's no. a rape drug, isn't it? Yes, that you put in. God, God damn it. Quaaludes are also a. Uh, a party. That's the Bill Cosby. Yeah, that's some part, thing, people isn't take it? them for yeah. party well, stuff like ex- much, That is it. It, it yeah. knocks you out, but quaaludes are But people also use it like anyway, ecstasy. Anyway, sipping wine and, like, discussing philosophy, and then at some point they were like, so, um. Let's all go skinny dip in the Berkeley fountain and just That is the most Berkeley alive. goddamn thing yeah, I've ever no. heard. No no one and, and I were standing there holding everyone's clothes going, What is happening? Berkeley. So when I was I in college, I was way more into open mics. And I liked it because I could still write poetry and talk about it and that'd be cool. And then afterwards we can talk about philosophy and that was great and when did you I go to an open mic usually night? Usually during uh, summers because there are a lot of open mics in the bookstores around Ohio. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I was about and to say, there are I a lot of like, college kids who yeah. are at home. Bro, we were like... We would have totally gone to see your poetry readings. Yeah. I did this in my hometown. Because you fool. I, well, no, because we're super hippie out there and I didn't get made fun of for weird-ass <laughs> poetry. Um, you wouldn't have gotten made fun of. I, well, San Francisco came You would have gotten harsh. made fun of for your street preaching. Uh, yes. So one thing I found is universal to Oh, have you all. never heard this story? No, don't tell well, me. Just you, made a we've face. already told this story on the podcast. She was there the last time. She probably doesn't even remember. So one time, Jared no, decided that oh. they really wanted to try out street preaching. I was being oh, ironic, going, and no one believes they me. Were, they were not being ironic. And they wanted to street preach Buddhism on Market that was Street. The so irony. we're like, we're going to be very, very supportive of our friend. And so Jared goes out to... Margaret and Powell stands in front of the Burger King and then just nervously looks around for like a good 15 minutes yeah. and then is like, give up your material possessions. Okay, bye. And like runs. <laughs> I just couldn't handle the pressure. There was a guy selling CDs like 10 feet away from me who was doing so much better than I was. Here, the line is, screw the rich, power to the working class. <laughs> Touche. Much more English socialist. Very uh, Shelley of you. Um, all uh, open mic nights have one thing. A guy who really should not be playing the guitar. Oh, Why yes. doesn't he just try singing? He's an okay singer. Stop. Or that guy's really great on the guitar. I wish he wouldn't sing. Or all open mic nights also have that guy who goes on last and has been drinking too much to try and get and ready to go on last. wants to talk about his ex. <laughs> Oh, the like the comedian who thinks yeah. he's funny, but he's yes, not. Yes, yes. Or the guy is like, I'm telling edgy poetry ago. that is really about me masturbating, and everyone here knows what I'm doing because I don't know how to rock a fucking sentence in order to create a goddamn analogy. Yes. When I was in college, there was a um, of hearing film about festival for our film stuff, and uh, one of the students produced a documentary about masturbate masturbation that a lot of the film was just close-ups of people's faces while they masturbated yeah i thought they were just acting no no really he did lynch style um you remember the thing that we went to a small uh i think it might have been one of your film school things there was this documentary about a um sound coordinator or a sound editor that someone was it's not that familiar to me and then another video was about uh what do you call it uh uh, skater culture and stuff like that and then you showed your video which was like actually a a fiction and no oh 
Um, yes, because I've forgotten all the other videos, but I bet, bet you're talking about there was an open um, film festival every Tuesday in the city. It probably still runs. Is that it? And I brought The Crow from Lust to Dust to said film festival. Oh, yes. And everyone laughed. Oh, the audience laughed the entire way through, and I was sitting there shaking in my little filmmaker boots going, it's not a comedy. <laughs> Why are they laughing? Because we were ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. We were super ridiculous. Um, the, the thing is, with any art, the first things you produce are not as good as the things you produce once you have practice and you've mm. gradually destroyed. The trick is to not give up. The trick yeah. is to not give and up. That's, and that's truth to through, most things. You have to fight through the phase where you're copying someone else. You have to fight through the phase where it all looks like garbage to you. You have to fight through all of the horrible phases until you're like, oh my god, this is actually original. And as we can see from um, the very last scene from Ghostbusters, they're going to make a se uh, sequel. So keep working at it. You will pull over those Okay, so I need to speak from fans. the heart here for a second. What? For Paul Fig and all the producers behind Ghostbusters. That was a great reference to end the movie on. Please don't make your sequel about Zool. Learn from the mistakes of Star Trek Into Darkness. Yes. <laughs> Write your own shit. That, yeah. yes. I, I agree with that. You don't want to do Zool again. Uh, that was a good rep. Ow. Wow. It's the lower one now. It's like they know I'm going to throw them out and they're protesting. Um, <laughs> We're on strike. Of, We're on strike. What time is it? It is 11.33. Oh, that's fine. Ah, I'm running to bed. All right. All right. Love Good you. Night. Can we talk about that game we played on Sunday? I don't know what you're talking about. Star Wars, Star Wars Rebellion? Rebellion. Oh, yes. Yeah. I thought you were kicking my ass so hard. I did not expect <laughs> that to happen, and I took it on so a punch. So we played this new, uh, this new uh, board Super game called Star Wars Rebellion. It is a two-player, three-to-four-hour game. You could um, play it in teams. You totally could. There are alternate rule sets. And um, it's about one player plays the Rebellion. One player plays the Empire. It's a fantasy flight uh, game about Star Wars, so yep. it has more rules than it needs. <laughs> Although it felt like the re the rules were working. What I liked about yes, it was that it... Yes, that's absolutely it, true. It, uh, that it was that there was an, a sense of unpredictability to the game, so a lot of the way the rule systems work, like the missions you can go on and stuff like that, lead to the uh, the other player, because the game is oddly like balanced in a way to make... The Empire powerful at certain things, the Rebellion mm -hmm. powerful at That's certain things. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, it, it allows you to go, wait, you can do that? <laughs> yeah. There were, in fact, there was one point where I captured someone only to discover that because I had not prepared to interrogate them that turn, it didn't freaking matter. Nope. <laughs> they were going to be gone at the end of the turn. <laughs> Like, oh, Re there was also Rebels a point get away where we so easily. There was a point where we discovered that Grand Moff Tarkin is terrible with a Hydra's banner. <laughs> and that Emperor Palpatine can't, couldn't carry a crowd in his home planet. <laughs> um, no, they, the missions and things that they set up, the gameplay is very good at creating exceptionally narrative moments yeah. that work out. So, like, the when game, I stood up and yelled so at you, I wasn't mad. I was so surprised <laughs> yeah. that it was so perfect for a Star Wars story. For that to have happened, the, the game it is, was a, is a wonderful combination of Risk and um, Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, you, you it, set out resources, yes. but then you also mm. move troops around, trying to. Well, the Empire is trying to conquer the galaxy. The Re Rebellion is trying and to survive for long enough. Yeah, um, with their their sitting on one single home planet, the Empire That's doesn't know hidden. about. Yeah. So there's also a reductive reasoning aspect to it. Yeah. Um, 
I have to say... Yeah, you're right. It's Clue meets yeah. Risk meets yes. Lords of Waterdeep. One of the things that um, I... The reason why I played The Empire is I wanted to see how, if at all, the rules made you feel like you were playing an Empire. And they really do. Yeah. Because they have a difference between um, alliance and colonialization. And when you colonize something, that matters later. Yeah. It's so... Um, it, they really worked oppression politics into what was going on. Yeah. It really made me think a lot more about um, uh, the metaphors in Star Wars. But yeah. also, as the Empire, it's kind of fun to be like, well, playing nice isn't working. Just send troops there. Uh. Turn that over. Okay, and this planet doesn't get to have rights anymore. <laughs> no, my favorite part about the whole game was that... Um, uh, Jarrah started the game with a Death Star because, God damn it, I hate but the But I didn't get to shoot it. Nope. I had to... And here's the thing. I had to research how to do it the first time I researched I drew that card. <laughs> <laughs> but then I had also drawn the blow up the Death Star card. Right? So we and were geared Jared, towards we, that yeah, moment. We were getting towards and that bit. Mike then... had spread out on three different planets, almost completely taking over a sector right next to my Death Star. And I'm like, well, I don't need that sector. And I want to destroy all of Bothaway anyway. <laughs> you know, fuck Bothans. <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring Jarrus's joy. Yes. Their joy. <laughs> Um, so you were saying, oh, about the situation, how, uh, you were about to attack my Death Star. Oh, no, that was the whole story, oh, that yeah. I had just drawn the card. Uh, all I needed to was survive a, was have a single fighter survive us to fight in order to blow up your Death Star. Right, because all it takes is one fucking fighter. Yep. Um, oh, man, that game was... It was really, really interesting. Um, it, and, and not as hard to, uh, set up no. or put away as I no. thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, in that, it was way easier than Eldritch Horror. <laughs> Everything it's... is easier than Eldritch Horror. But that's because the type of people who play Cthulhu games are the type yeah. of people who really enjoy minutiae of setting up and tearing down. That's probably true. Yeah. Because they're, they're cultists. Did I show you the uh, essay a friend showed me online about why Cthulhu is silly? No, but I would like to read it sometime. Because it's Cthulhu certainly really cool. is silly. The idea is that uh, Cthulhu was horrible in the 20s because they had not yet dealt with the loss of meaning from, um, uh, what do you call it, of um, Nietzsche. Oh, okay. And how, you know, they had just realized that everything they thought in Victorian times was not necessarily true. And, oh, God, what do you do about that? And that's what Cthulhu oh represents. God. What's wrong, hon? Oh. oh. And that's what Cthulhu represents. Nowadays, we are way more relative about relative truth and creating meaning and the fact that there might not be any uh, everlasting meaning things doesn't scare us. So Cthulhu is hilariously silly to us. Yes. Because we're not frightened by those kinds of things. <laughs> and it was, it's something I've been thinking about a lot but didn't have words to put That makes to. sense. Because I've never understood the fascination with Cthulhu at all. But well, then I find the most people, people never who get really, really out of love Cthulhu are people I just don't really want to associate with. If they love Cthulhu without a hint of, like, self-focused irony and, and silliness, like the ability to poke fun at themselves, yeah. then I agree. And those are the people who say, I'm a witch, which is fine, I am going to invest in some real occult shit. It's me and the real stuff. And they go to Trader, Trader Joe's, they go to Barnes & Noble's, and they buy a copy of the Necronomicon, <laughs> which pisses me off so much, because you can do what you want, you really can, but at least look things up. That book's fictional, and everything that person wrote in there, they stole from a previous, uh, what do you call it, uh, magical book that they changed a bunch of stuff in, and it's not... 
It's, but the thing about magic is magic works hard. based on what you believe will work. So yes. the like to think, yes, absolutely. Your, your dime store, I which just really the yeah, I know. In the book, they equate Sumerian gods to Cthulian beings, and they obviously haven't studied Sumerian gods. I. Ah. But if your magic system is based on Sumerian gods being well, Cthulian yes, beings, yes, I mean, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I just wish you wouldn't because <laughs> the, it was a real culture, and all those people are dead. Now. <laughs> Why are they dead? <gasps> Cthulhu. <laughs> Enki just came down one day and was like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> that is literally one of the stories, except instead of Enki, it's Enlil. And that's what caused the flood story. Oh, of course. There's an entire thing of uh, Enlil going like, you can't tell anyone. Enki's like, no person, huh? Hey, door that someone's behind. Don't tell anyone this, but... <laughs> There See, was... that's why you just never talk around a trickster god. <laughs> right? We'll like... just create loopholes. Exactly. I really feel like trusting you today, Loki. Why? why? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's I'm right. I'm just imagining Loki just kind of goes like, Me? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Trickster gods have some of the greatest stories. And I, one of the things I love about them is they're often the fools themselves. Like yeah. Enki was and Coyote. Yeah. Off in the fool. Yeah. I wasn't supposed to steal the sun? What are you talking about? I had a plan. <laughs> I hired these guys. They said they know how to steal things. There was a good sun moving deal that day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I'm thinking about leverage. I, mean, well, I don't know what I was going to say. Well, somewhere, somewhere in an office, he just the professor just opens his computer and says, we're going to steal the sun. <laughs> I've been showing Melissa Leverage, uh, which is why it's been on my mind. And as I see it, I realize that that show's writing is way better than I remember. Because at first, the characters are super dry and stocky with one another. And the the camaraderie that I remember really was built up Mm -hmm. throughout the... uh, There was something I was watching the other day that I felt like had the same thing. Where it was like, they did a really good job of the characters starting out being antagonistic and ending up being a family. No, no, Dark Matter d- descends into a miasma of betrayal and... So, okay, oh, actually, like I, had, I had an interesting thought. No, almost. We've only got nine minutes in the podcast left, so maybe I shouldn't start this thought, but... And maybe I've asked this thought Is on the podcast Is it a ten-minute thought? It doesn't matter, it's just asking what... So, have I done my thing about Dark Matter and Worf on this podcast before? No. Okay, no. so, Dark Matter has a character. Um, whose character is literally Prince Asian from the Planets of Asians. Oh, Jesus. He's, he's like, his character oh, is... and he does Kung Fu. His character is, he's really good with so weapons. So he's Prince and... Zizor, yeah. but human. Yes. Well, and so I was thinking about it, and I was, as I was watching the show, and he's like, you know, he's fucking, it's uh, the future and space, but everyone on his planet still uses katanas and wears robes, because they do, I don't know. Um, okay. And, um, and everyone also looks Asian? Yes. Everyone is Asian that, on his planet. Yeah, it's super Aren't racist. people complaining about this? No, apparently not. Um, Asians but, don't complain. <laughs> okay, thank Wow, that was creepy. <laughs> nah, here's, but here's the thing that I was thinking about that. Most sci-fi space TV shows, if they have aliens, have the warrior culture aliens. They've got mm-hmm. the Klingons, yeah. the uh, J- um, Jaffa, you know, all those different the, races. The Tonkatcha people. Yeah. The, the Krogans. Krogans, yeah. yeah. Wookiees. Sort because of so much of that honorable warrior culture is based off of white misappropriations of Asian culture, are all of those yeah. characters also racist? No. Okay. Through uh, So there's filtered association. Um, 
Jabba the Hutt in George Lucas's mind a big giant saggy Chinese man. Then Creature Shop got a hold of it, worked on the stuff to edge that out. <laughs> because hey guys, right? This we can't is a do this. Racist. Yeah, and like the original drawings, pretty racist. Then they edge that out so that they still have the pulp things he was really talking about while edging out the racism as much as they could by detaching it from the original um, uh, illusions that the racist stuff made. Okay. So you just have to separate it enough for things to lo- longer yeah, become racist. I was wondering racist. why this character was making me hideously uncomfortable and other warrior ali- like well, warrior characters in show, sci-fi shows mm-hmm. don't. Because like the, the, the very first episode, they're, you know, they've all lost their memories. Yeah. And they walk into a room, and there's a shit ton of, like, katanas on the wall. And, like, yeah. you know, pole arms and other kinds of crazy, like, Asian And I was like, weapons. I was like, don't have the Asian touch and it. Don't. I like, and I was like, it would be really awesome if the Asian guy picked up a katana and, like, tried to twirl it and dropped it. And then, like, the black yeah. guy was really good with the weapons. And that would have been a, been a like fun little trope. Like in freaking uh, the Elder Scrolls, but, where black people have katanas. Yeah. But no... He was super badass with the weapons instantly, and then it turned out he was an exiled prince from a the planet of planet. Japan. Basically. The planet of Japan. No, it, that was it, a great it phrase. Basically, is that and like, because you were having the discussion with me. That's right. As we were driving, and dark matter, it's not necessarily racist because at least you have Asians playing Asians. <laughs> right. Would be, yeah. But. The thing is, like, well, that was the other thing. They, was they like, are very Japanese, and so I would, I'd be curious as to whether or not the actual actors are that flavor of yeah. Asian, if you will. You know, well, and like, in the same way Sulu is supposed to be Japanese, but in the modern movie, he's uh, portrayed by a Korean man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because um, I'm sorry, this is going to get really like kind of testy, but. In the Please? white person's world, all Asians are are interchangeable. Yeah. So I I actually have noticed um, that, and it's it, it literally is just an exposure thing because I watch a lot of Japanese TV. Man, I sound fucking pretentious saying this out loud, but no, no, I can actually saying. I can start to I've started to be able to tell at least like Japanese and not Japanese apart, and I don't know. It's the cheekbone structure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and. It's like, you know how Italians have very different facial hair than any one English or German? Like, there's a yeah, there's a yeah. style. There's There are those types of So you of phrased that sentence, you were saying different facial hair than anyone who is English or German. Yeah. But the way you said it, it said, like, than any one English With or German. German person? <laughs> yes. All, <laughs> grammatically all speaking. <laughs> all Italians have different facial hair yeah, than, than this one, one German guy. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Fuck his facial hair. (laughs) And that man's name. No, no, I'm not making that joke. It's Brock Uh, Lesnar. That man's name is John Cena. That's so stupid. We're not ending it on that. No, we're not. Okay. Um, But no, I think you're right. Well, and like the Klingons in the original um, series were very Fu Manchu. Yeah, there were also and, like, white people often trying to play oh, Asian like characters. Were tor- 
Yeah. Not only were they white people playing Asian characters, but they were in blackface. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's so, right. I mean, like, the Klingons kind of have a whole layer yeah. of um, racial appropriation. Yeah, that's well, like, Especially true. in, like, Search for Spock, where, like, Christopher Lloyd is wearing blackface, but because he has forehead, forehead ridges, it's okay. Like, yeah. and that is okay, and I feel that's okay. But at the same time, it's like, that's so many lines in... There are certainly parts of it that aren't okay. Like, take, for instance, um, what would be a good example of this that doesn't sound as stupid as Peanut Gallery? Okay, Peanut Gallery. Most people say it has no racial connotations when we say it today, but it is actually deeply racist yeah. because it refers to the part of a theater that only a slave could afford to go to in the American South. And they're called the Peanut Gallery is because peanuts were the only food that slaves could afford to eat at, uh, at the theater. You know what I hate about language? How many racist things I found out that I've been saying <laughs> yes. for years? Yes. Yeah. That's like, well, uh, And I think it's also one of those things where as long as you're willing to th- think about it and yeah, actually and have listen. that discussion yeah. and, yeah. like, try and change, well, then all, that that makes it a little bit better. All it takes is one person. We you know, the joke Mayling was making earlier of, guys, is this racist? Is from... Um, uh, Hulu, uh, this Hulu show that Rocket Jump did, um, where they were doing. Oh um, yes! Uh, did you see that episode? Uh, no, you told me about it. Okay. Where it was definitely racist. Yeah, and it looked took like Anthony Birch all of a sudden being like, "Guys, is this thing that we're filming right now super racist?" <laughs> well, and he was like, "I'm a social justice warrior," and it took me like six hours in a grass skirt, yeah, with tribal paint before I was like. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Wait a second. Yeah. So really, all Dark Matter needed was when they were first pitching their character ideas for some intern to be like, hey, hey guys, guys. Uh, my name's Brad. I just started working here. Brad um, Takanato. Yeah. So is, someone who speaks from the yeah. experience. Is this super racist? <laughs> well, but okay, coming from the half-Asian persuasion... It's the really half. annoying. She was persuaded, to be, she was persuaded yeah. to be half Asian. Yes, yes, I was. By, by her genes. Yes. Her genes persuaded her DNA to do it. The thing is, it's like, <laughs> while... And also, this is reminding me of Awkward, because there's an Asian mafia, which is pretty amazing. That's pretty like, true of a lot of schools. Though. Yeah, but, like, the way that they, like, not in it out a there, way, it's, like, yeah. awesome. Like, it's yeah. really, it's really funny. Um, but... Where we actually encounter a lot of racism is within our own race. Where oh, it's like, yeah. so I... what Asian are you? What? Or like, yeah, the favorite question you always get is, so what are you? Yeah. yeah. And you're are like, you on my side or their side? Yeah. Yeah, I will always forever remember that but person. But what else are you? I am the prophet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my uh, god, I don't hmm. think I told you about what? that. No, go ahead and tell them the story. Oh, I didn't... Are, are you still recording? Yeah. Okay. They should hear the story. So, um, at New World Magiscola, because it's controlled. <laughs> good. This good. one time at Magiscola. This one, one time, time at Magic Wizard Camp. School. Yeah. Um, Magic so, Camp. I stuck a wand up my pussy. Sorry. Uh, no, I didn't. That is how that story ends. Um, so, we, uh,. We were in mind magic class, and we were doing this exercise, which would allow us to really get in touch with ourselves and, like, mm-hmm. um, expose our deep, dark sort of things, but yet 
we were still in control, you know. and Like a no-mind practice. Yeah, kind of sort of thing. So what you have to do is you have to stare into this person's eyes. Oh, geez. Establish a connection and then go, who are you? Right? And all you're allowed to ask mm. is, who are you? And you kind of take them deeper That's and deeper. That's a really awesome role-playing situation. It's, it's a really cool one. So I get partnered up with this girl who, like, is super meek and, you know, yeah. just kind of, like, very mousy. And because I'm like... So let's let's partner up, and so we go outside, and I was just like, you know, I'll start. That's cool. Like I'll I'll just I'll yeah. ask you some questions, and she's like, okay. And you know, she starts out going like, I'm frightened, I'm scared, I'm alone. You know, like typical like gothy sort of things. And then I'm just like, okay, who, Kid with who issues, are yeah. you? And all of a sudden, it's like, I am she who can see all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> I am the prophet of ages. <laughs> Pretty damn much. And I was like, who are you? And like, I, I would have paid money to see my face <laughs> at that moment. Because I was, I was like, oh, I get you. I get you. And then I was like. <laughs> Sometimes I, you're having a heart to heart and you recognize that there is some sort of spirit hanging on to that person's heart. Well, basically. What's wrong, like, love? Oh, uh, here, keep talking. Um, basically, like, we... I had a few questions with the evil prophetess of ages who was going to see the world burn and, like, all this was sorts this of like shit. Was this, like, another personality or another Past spirit? life or oh, something like that. Okay. And, and so I decided to end it before it got, like, a little crazy because she was getting really, really intense. And I ended it and I was like, hey... So we didn't establish any boundaries, oh, like crazy past lives coming out. Do you know that you are connected to <laughs> this this entity? And she was just like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, professor, professor. We need an adult. I, I yeah. can't handle this. Something's come up. And then the professor was like, happens more often than you would think. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, that's what an awesome uh, catchphrase. Not yeah, catchphrase, but like basically, response. I made sure to stay close to that girl like for the rest of the weekend because I was just like, "You've got some dark shit." This is a bubbling cauldron that's going to open up. Yeah, yeah it's going to explode, and there's going to be so much plot and death and plot and plot. Well, and, and I was just like, "Need help," because <laughs> she's going to take you over. It's like, oh, I don't want that. And I'm like, I know. See, that's what I want to hear. Because when they start saying, that would be okay, that's where you're like, mm, professor. I'm like, hey, um, <laughs> there's this evil thing. <laughs> All right. I don't know if she's been doing drugs, but my dad tried to warn me about possession when I went to school. He said the possession was nine-tenths of the law. Uh, Hello and welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast. Sierra, if you want to email us, how can they do that? A C E O F G E E K S P O D C A S D I N G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks podcasting at gmail.com. If you want to find us, go to aceofgeeks.net. That's where you'll find articles and reviews and videos and and other podcasts and. Sometimes Jairus writes, and Bailey yeah. never does. And 
What are we going to be doing next week that they should all tune into? And next week we'll be at Comic-Con. So make sure you go to aceofgeeks.net to hear all about Comic-Con. Cool. It's going to be awesome. We've got lots of cool interviews lined up, so we'll have cool stuff for the site. Uh, And our theme song is by Castle Run. They can be found at castlerun.ninja. They're awesome. See you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.